Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How are you doing this week, Bill? I'm um, doing A-OK. Uh, we're just hot off the heels of New York Toy Fair. Uh, not a lot of stuff went actually happened there. Um, <laughs> usual, I mean, there's always just usual stuff. But I think for a lot of the stuff I've been following... Like the Mattel's Masters of Universe Classics or their DC figure stuff. There's been some more DC figure stuff reveals. I was like, oh, that's exciting. But like their Masters of the Universe line, uh, it's going on its 10th year of stuff. So there's not necessarily a lot of stuff coming out. And um, there's not a lot of surprises really left for stuff. But there's a little couple things. So it's not as quiet as it used to be in years past. But that's also because years previously you had no clue what the fuck was coming out over the course of the year. But last year at San Diego, they because they, they have a new... Um, the team up there now, that new like brand manager and all that stuff. So they actually like, hey dogs, here's everything you're getting next year. We don't necessarily have the prototypes done, but we can tell you who you're getting. So that 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 kind of ruined some of the surprise of toy of uh, toy fair, but at the same time made a lot of people happy because they knew what they were buying. Because mm-hmm. years previously, it's like, okay, here's the first four figures of next year. We're not gonna tell you anything else. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe, or, or otherwise we can't <laughs> make anything. Right. And so it's a lot of like, several years of blind buying, which even then people were complaining about of knowing what's coming out and all sort of stuff. It's like, hey man, we've had like eight years of not knowing shit. I think you should maybe appreciate that we do now, right? They actually have a kind of a heads up. Yeah, so now it's just a matter of seeing what things turn out to look like. But given how long the line's gone and how you've seen translation from original '80s toys to these new figures, you always have an idea of what you're going to get. So. Mm-hmm. It's not that far off. Uh, besides that, the other big news from Toy Fair was uh, some Ghostbuster stuff. We can chat about that just in a second. First, before that, I want to know how you're doing, Steve. I'm doing fucking terrible. I'm, like, sick. I've been sick for the past few days. Um, I was feeling good uh, yesterday. Well, not good, but much, much better. Like, where it was just kind of, like, in the uh, wayside, so I went and had a, a birthday dinner. My birthday was on Sunday. Oh. Uh, um, but since that's Valentine's Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, but since no one can hang out on Valentine's Day because they're sniffing and others don't understand that I'm more important than them. Well, you are more important. I agree. Um, I did the I did it on Wednesday. So we went to Dave and Buster's. We had a good time. Our waitress was fun. Uh, we had a good cake. We had some good food. Good company. Played some games. I'm like a thousand, thousand uh, tickets away from getting a video game. Nice. So in one year, when I go back to Dave and Buster's, because <laughs> that's how often I fucking go there. Um, hey, it's to save save up. That's what matters. Pretty much, that's all I do. Because that's so. That's one of the good things about them is that they don't like don't do any bullshit stuff like the tickets expire or anything. Yeah. Um, had a good time, and then all last night I had uh, horrible fever dreams, and I was shaking all night. I couldn't tell if I was awake or asleep for the entire evening. I got about two hours of sleep this morning, and now I'm feeling okay again. But I'm uh down a bunch of Nyquil tonight just to be safe. That sounds great. On I know ups- one way. Oh, go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say, on the upside, though, um, for those of you listening, although some of you may actually get the package before this episode goes up, but for all everyone that pre-ordered the Survivors, guess what I mailed today? That's right. I mailed back my return to Amazon for that tripod that I bought the wrong one of. No, I, I mailed that all your <laughs> Blu-rays. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. And DVD pre-orders. They all went out today, so within the next few days, everyone that pre-ordered the film will be getting it before I upload it online. That is my thank you for you guys giving me money for what I was very upfront about being a free internet thing. 
So yeah. the very least I can do is let you guys watch it like two, three weeks earlier than everyone else. Yeah, we want because we want we're collectors, we're physical media owners. You want the physical disc to put in our disc drive. Shove that disc in there. I'm gonna just ram it in there so hard it's gonna break it. Shit. Oh, oh god, yeah. Mm, yeah, you're gonna survive real good. Discs. <coughs> ah, media. <laughs> Movies! So yeah, uh, I'm excited about uh, that going out. I hope that the folks that watch it uh, give me some feedback. I hope everyone likes it. I've uh, I've watched it with uh, a couple, couple people. Only one person who had nothing to do with the film. And although he uh, knows my movies, he's not really a horror fan at all. And he mm. enjoyed it a lot. That's great to hear. So hopefully all you guys, the ones that I kind of made the movie for, will be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And... You 12 will be 12 of the 30 people that will care about the film. But I hope that the 30 people that care about the film really love it. That's awesome. So I assume now you have your stock and everything for when you go to Horror Realm? Oh, yeah. You got 25 yeah. Blu-rays, 25 DVDs. Sure that's enough? Christ. Uh, it's definitely going to be enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably enough for two conventions. Hey, if you sell out. Sometimes it happens. Uh, Captain, Captain Z sold, like, uh, 20 copies each uh, at a wasteland, at the first wasteland I took it to. Uh-huh. Um, Everyone Must Die sold super well at the first convention I premiered that at. So, yeah, from time to time, stuff does sell super well. I'm sure Karis Hell will sell that well. Oh, yeah, because you're, yeah, I mean, definitely. That's got more production value. I think a lot of people have talked about it, heard about it. They just, people are funky, like we've talked before, people are funky about crowdfunding sometimes. If you just say, here's the movie, you can buy it, people will go for it. Yeah. A lot more often than, hey, Put your movie down, and then eventually we'll deliver something to you. Mm-hmm. I think even though we're several years into crowdfunding, because hell, I still I still laugh when I remember um, going to a panel at San Diego Comic Con probably uh, four years ago, five years ago now, <coughs> probably four probably, and I was to a panel about Kickstarter, and I was like, and it was like this, it was a small room, no one really knew what it was, <laughs> and I was like, man, this is great. And I was telling Steve about it and everything, and now we're today we're Kickstarter is like. Rob Zombie's doing Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like you, 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 crowdfunding is synonymous with Kickstarter. Like, it's a similar to like Kleenexes or um, Band Aid type stuff. When people mean, say crowdfunding, or when they mean crowdfunding, they're saying Kickstarter, even if it's even if it's on Indiegogo or yeah. like on a like a private website or something. Yeah, a lot of people will refer to my Indiegogo campaigns as Kickstarters. Yeah, which I think is a which. It sucks for Indiegogo because I think Indiegogo has a good model where you can get partial funding. At the same time, it's bad because it's a sec- it's a secondary crowdfunding site, but no one knows. Everyone just knows crowdfunding as kickstarting. Mm-hmm. I like Indiegogo because Indiegogo is clearly for like independent creators mm-hmm. and artists, whereas Kickstarter is for uh, more so products and stuff. Yes, <clears throat> or stuff that like needs big teams. And I think that's the main difference. In addition to Indiegogo, you can actually get a small portion of it. Mm-hmm. Good old crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, where now instead of companies have to take actual risks, they put the risks on the consumer ahead of time. Yep. So you have big companies like Cryptozoic and all these other major companies who can just should be able just to produce a board game if they want, like the Ghostbusters board game, but instead they go to crowdfunding. Yep. It's like, oh, cool. Cool. That's neato. <laughs> neato. But generally it's fine. Don't, I don't make, don't make it sound like I'm bashing it all all the way here i'm just you know it's cool because usually there's there's stretch goals and if you're actually do the backing you get a lot of cool exclusive stuff usually if it's a board game worth a damn you're gonna get plenty of good stuff absolutely uh, that's my usual general rule if i'm not if i if 
by the end of the campaign, I'm paying 100 bucks for the game. I'm not getting a bunch of stuff with it. And it's not worth my time. If I really care about the game, I'll just buy it from a store later. That's my general general rule. But speaking of Fever Dream, Steve, <laughs> uh, the best stuff came out of New York Toy Fair. And that's uh, letting us, at least through the licensors telling people that we now know what the main villain of Ghostbusters looks like. Oh, what's it look like? Is it like a really cool, like a uh, like heavily detailed monster? Since it's modern day, and they have like a lot of extra money to do like the CGI or um, like puppetry and stuff like that. I bet it looks fucking awesome. No. Oh no! Well, what's I it mean, look? Is it, it just it's is it's it Stay Puft again? It's everyone's favorite character from the real Ghostbusters. The logo. Oh. You know. The, th- the 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 ghosts. That's all. Like ah, I'm trapped by this thing. Oh, okay. you know. I I want. Okay, remember how Ghostbusters two had like the ghosts changed to be like way more cartoony. I guess which similarly came up in real Ghostbusters, and it does the two. I want it to be at the same logo, but the two stands for vagina. Stands for a V. <laughs> it's instead of pointing the two forward, it's he's pointing his hand towards his face and his tongue's between. And then, like, every movie poster, as you walk by, it goes, What's up? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think, uh, I think we got a 5 out of 5 here. This is exactly up uh, Fiji's fucking alley. <laughs> I don't know. The joke could be more dumb. Uh, You're right. She needs to be uh, fall down because she's fat. <laughs> the poster itself falls down because it's fat. <laughs> Goddamn fat posters. Oh, man, you're poster shaming. I'm a fat poster. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not the case in this movie. I want her to like put on her proton pack and just fall backwards because it's too heavy. <laughs> or something. God damn, that's probably an actual joke in the damn movie. Probably. Okay, but and on top of that, we also got the um, teaser for the trailer, which everyone knows so oh, much. I love that. Oh, man, I'm so fucking pissed off about that. Nine seconds of who... Inception always pictures of cop cars driving you gonna call. And then it's a fucking like little piano playing this Ghostbuster scene. Fuck you. It's it was bullshit. And that's not even like a knock on the reboot, that's just a knock on that horse shit. I read my favorite actually I finally finally read a uh, comparison that makes a lot make a lot more sense for people who are still trying to defend the movie. It's like, hey, we love Ghostbusters. We love Ghostbusters a lot. So it's like we take our like a childhood franchise of people and just give it to Paul Feig to put his friends from Bridesmaids in it for a quick paycheck. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, what's wrong with that? Well, it's like imagine uh, imagine Sailor Moon is your favorite show, and you're like, and you're excited because there's a Sailor Moon movie coming out. But instead of giving it to someone who could do it justice, they give it to Seth Rogen. They give it to Judd Apatow who cast Seth Rogen and all his friends in it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the equivalent here. I feel, at least from my perspective. That's a really good uh, comparison. I would say, imagine that they announced Deadpool's going to be in a movie, uh, but they sewed his mouth shut. Yeah, that'd be a no bueno, as we discovered last time. But uh, real quick, before we don't get too in depth, uh, Deadpool did come out. Oh, so good! Uh, It was very, very good. Very good film. Like it's one. Not not all the jokes landed, but that's okay. You can have a film that has a 15% failure rate and still be a great success. Absolutely. I th- but I think that's, that's also comedy. Comedy is subjective in that way. Yeah, no matter what comedy you see, not every single joke is going to be a home run. Absolutely. Like, um, un- unless you're Leslie Nielsen. And even then, he was in Stan Helsing. <laughs> oh, 
The ripoff he's, of the slasher hunter. He's also in uh, Dracula Dead Loving It. Not a lot of people cared for that. I actually love that movie. It's been too long since I, I since I saw it. I like I liked Peter McNichols in it. I agree that I need to rewatch it, but I just remember loving that film. I remember watching that, being like, I would rather watch this than the Bram Stoker's Dracula every day. Well, I I would too. <laughs> I don't like that movie. <laughs> nope. That much. Like that is um, a superior version of that story. But if I watch watch a Leslie Nielsen parody, I, I, at that time I, I probably would have gone with Wrongfully Accused or uh, yeah. Spy Hard. Oh fuck yes, yeah, Spy Hard. Spy Hard's so good. That Weird Al oh. song is so good. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Deadpool, um, I think, blew everybody away. It uh, ended up being one of the highest uh, o- highest um, grossing opening weekends for Radar Film. Highest grossing February film? Highest, yeah, exactly. All this stuff. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to want to make a good amount of, mo- good amount of change. Um, now, what comes from this is going to be interesting. Whether mm. or not we see a huge, fast wave <coughs> of R-rated superhero films... Or if it still takes a while for people, the studios to adapt, um, the closest thing right now I think would be Suicide Squad. But for my here, Suicide Squad's going more for a a hard PG thirteen, like an actual PG thirteen, mm-hmm. as it, as it was in the eighties. Which if that's the case, that's gonna be fantastic. That is. Awesome. Um, so I, I don't I don't think they. Should, I mean, there's the movies already done. They're not gonna be all changing now, but. Uh, um, but from going forward, I mean, I think it, it's cool that the, now the door's open. Like it's very clear that an R rated action film um comedy horror already comedies were easy those are already, already done to hell but like r-rated action films and especially r-rated superhero films or films that are like superhero films i wouldn't necessarily call watchmen or kick-ass superhero films right per se but you know they're then that close that like um slightly neighboring genre there um what was that where was i going this uh i i think Hopefully, with this doing so well, it'll open up studios' eyes more to do that stuff. I guess now they're already talking about doing another Wolverine film that's rated R. Mm-hmm. Maybe doing X Force as a rated R film. And I, I, but I, but I want them to do what makes sense. I don't want them to just take anything and make it rated R for the sake of being rated R. Exactly. And writing off make coattails. it make sense. Yeah. But thinking over a DC side, what? What do you think could make another R-rated film? Maybe make another Hellblazer movie. Uh, Hellblazer. Um, Lobo. If, if they make an actual Lobo. Do you think that, I mean, I'd love to, trust me, I'd love to see a Lobo standalone film, but do you think if they made that, people would say they're they're trying too hard to ride on Deadpool's coattails? Probably. <clears throat> but you know that if Suicide Squad does well, Marvel's going to be releasing the Thunderbolts and no one's going to be calling them a DC ripoff, which uh-huh. pisses well, can, me off. Well, I guess, yeah, they have, they have, they have Osborne. <laughs> now, they have... Spider-Man through Sony's deal, do they get Osborne with it? Yeah, I mean, they get all the characters, clearly. Like, that's okay. that's the thing. Like, they can cross-use the characters, just... But um, they don't have Namor. Correct. Universal still exclusively has Namor. Um, versus... Namor's, was Namor pretty... Oh, uh, I'm trying to think who all was in Thunderbolts, like a, a classic Thunderbolts team. I don't think Namor would be one of them, would it? No. For some reason I thought it would, but that's, I'm wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of what was, like, a more classic team. Like, I know some more, like recent ones but I'm, that's more me thinking of like dark avengers and stuff mm-hmm. i don't know i i think of thunderbolts i usually think of people like you know juggernaut and stuff who was in there for a brief period and then they can't do that because that's fox i'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like if they could do the, the team proper like well with who they have rights to venom uh bullseye mm-hmm. uh, i don't know i don't know enough about the fucking thunderbolts i don't either Fuck them. Um, I don't know. What other R-rated DC films? Uh, 
They well, could, they they could do they... stuff with Deathstroke. Yeah. They could... Um, go... I was going to say, if they go back to getting finally doing Justice League Dark, that could maybe... Oh, yeah, yeah. Area territory. Like, just straight fucking horror shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Swamp Thing, they do a new Swamp Thing movie. Oh, God, yes, R-rated Swamp Thing. Uh, so long as it's at least half as good as uh, The Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I fucking love that movie. Not for the right reasons. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but I love that movie. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know, we can move uh, on from Superman. Here, no, you have to, yeah, you have to do... Um... I'm trying to think of a good Superman storyline that could be rated R or something. Um, I could, uh, no, even Red Sun could still be a PG-13 movie. Yeah, it could. There's something that needs to be R. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, when it comes to superhero films, there's not a lot of characters that nearly need to express to be R. Now, The Punisher, obviously, if they're going to make a Punisher movie, that has to be rated R. Yes. Um, and if it's up to me, and I was in charge of making the Power Man and Iron Fist Heroes for Hire movie, that'd be a fucking rated R movie, too. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Hell yeah, motherfuckers. But the problem with me, so I still feel like... I don't know. I, I new Punisher film. I still I still wish we could get one that's set in the seventies, mm-hmm. like right in the heat of things, right right in dirty, actually actually dirty and sleazy New York. Right. Not the very uh, cleaned up version we have today. And Before the Times Square reboot. Yeah, exactly. Back when forty, you know, like I had you know Frank Castle walking on Forty Second Street. Times Square rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Deadpool did well, and I I look forward to seeing where they go in the next film and things. I'm I, I'm just so happy as a Deadpool fan, and like at the risk of sounding like a fucking hipster, seriously, it was. I've been a Deadpool fan, not since New Mutants '98, but since the Joe Kelly days, so like the '90s. Mm-hmm. And, goddamn, this movie was perfect, and it was nice to finally get an accurate version of Colossus. Absolutely. Uh, a reviewer friend that I know that like actually super legit reviews uh, for bigger websites, and he's reviewed a few of my films, put it best. Um, I forget the name of this director, and I feel terrible for that, but the director of Deadpool and the writers, and he said, these guys did a better version of Colossus uh, using him as a funny side character than Brian Singer did in three of his bullshit fucking X-Men features. Yeah, I and totally agree it's so that. fucking true. And then uh, the costumes, Negasonic Teenage Warheads, or Megasonic Teenage Warhead, her uh, her X-Men uniform was perfect. Mm-hmm. It looked like a fucking X-Men uniform from the comics. Not like the fucking ridiculous leather shit that everyone's always wearing in the other films. Yes. And you know I, what? I, they gave Negasonic Teenage Warhead powers that she doesn't have in the comics? That's fine, because that's a hilarious name, and her powers in the comics were boring as fuck anyway, so. Yeah. What she did here was great. It's fine. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if Gina, uh, Gina Carano... Yeah, that's the name of the actress. I don't know if she was supposed to be uh, just someone else. I would have been like, oh, cool. If that was Titania, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Like, if she could just be Titania from now on. But then I don't know where Titania's rights lay. I don't know. I know if... Yeah, I, I, I had to guess, I guess Marvel has them. Because I'm sure she'd be... Part, I don't think she'd be part of any particular franchise mm-hmm. that they would have sold. Because she'd be with, like, the Thor stuff with um, the Wrecking Crew and stuff. Yeah, so Marvel I'll has take that. another... Uh, Take another moment to say if the next Thor film doesn't have the Wrecking Crew in it, I, I know it already says Ragnarok, and I know it's building towards stuff, but it doesn't have the Wrecking Crew in it. What are you guys fucking doing? Why even bother? Why even bother? You, you more Asgardian bullshit? No, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. Give us the fucking Wrecking Crew. They're like the like they're like Thor's biggest villains, mm-hmm. classically. Like they're they're his rogues. Come on, assholes. Making making movies. Not know what you're doing. 
No idea what they're doing. Speaking of movies that people don't know what they're doing. Oh, uh, Hellraiser or? Oh, I was going to segue into our, our, our topic today. Oh, that's better. Uh, but no, real quick, tiny second side book. Hey, another Hellraiser film coming out. Another Hellraiser Ashcan film. Gotta keep those rights. Like, they're also rushing this one out. Like, they couldn't even fucking learn their lesson and be like, okay, like, we have to make another one to keep the rights, but we know our end date, so let's start working on it now. Well, I guarantee you that one, the uh, uh, Revelations, or I guarantee you that made money. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, because it was just made, made for shit cheap. So put on distribution store shelves. I'm sure several thousands of people bought it, and I'm sure it made its money back. So, I mean, why not just keep making shit-fucking movies to dump out there? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, so there you go there. But uh, moving on to this week's discussion, we want to talk versus films. Versus. You know, you like you have a franchise here, you have a franchise there. You know what the best thing to do? Make them fight each other. I am a sucker for that. Fucking Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Abbott and Stello, The Mummy, King Kong versus Godzilla. I love franchises meeting each other. They generally work out pretty well. Pretty well. Yes. I won't say amazing, but I will say pretty well. More often than not, I'd say. That's true. I mean, I think of everything we've talked about, um, Abbott and Costello meet uh, Wolfman. That's probably the best one. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, that was the name of the film, wasn't it? Then it just happened to include Dracula and Frankenstein? Or yes. Or am I missing, getting the name wrong? Uh, I, I also want to say they may have had more than one. No, they had more than one. I'm trying to think the first one was the best one, but for some reason I'm blanking on the correct naming. I don't think I don't know if it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, or is it... The Wolfman. It was the Wolfman. I thought it was just the Wolfman, because then it's yeah. funny, because then like everything else factors into it. Mm-hmm. Meet Frankenstein, I think, is the first one. Well, fuck. Yeah. Because that was the yeah. Because there's that one. Because that one, it's like all this extra stuff going on. It's fine. Well, that was great because they just made it like a classic, you know, universal horror film that just happened to have Abbott and Costello in it. Right. That's what makes it work so well. Uh, but moving on from there, let's talk about our horror franchise that uh, got a uh, t- versus selection here. So let's kick it off with the uh, Freddy versus Jason, 2003 rated R, directed by Ronnie Yu. <clears throat> Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenage population, except this time, they're out to get each other, too. Uh, I mean, kind of. Sure. Okay. Sure. That's a hell of a synopsis, but okay. It's like, Jason's like, oh man, this Freddy guy's killing teenagers. That's my job. I'm going after him. And Freddy's like, ah, this Jason Voorhees is killing teenagers. That's my job. Well, that that part's actually pretty good. And then they fight. They fight. Fuck each other up. Did they kiss? I mean, yeah, they fuck each other up. They trade, they exchange weapons, and they become cool guys. They do. They're like, and then then a third party shows up, and they have to settle their differences to, to fight it off. Because Lex Luthor cloned Zod to make Doomsday. <laughs> and then they're standing there, and, 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 and Freddy's like, is he with you? <laughs> and, and Jason's Jason like silent <laughs> yeah, and like... then when Doomsday like charges up his laser and fires at him they're like oh no and then this dust settles and who's standing there Pinhead. like the Wishmaster fuck yeah Wishmaster I tried to pick the most off the cuff one I could think of <laughs> your wish is granted Chucky <laughs> <laughs> Ch- 
Chucky's whole goal is to exchange his soul with the uh, with the Doomsday. Then we can have Brad Dorf oh, uh, voicing Doomsday. <laughs> I'll just have Brad Dorf voice everyone. <laughs> except except it just becomes Brad Dorf running around going. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Let's no, have it be Brad Dorf physically playing Doomsday while he's voicing Chucky. Yes. Why don't we make movies? We can make the best movies. Uh, I do make movies, just not enough people buy them. I didn't say you, I said we, together. We should get together, just get money, and then we can make everything. Okay, yes, let's do that. That's clearly what you've been lacking. Me. Yes. So you I sh- can hold a camera. You show up uh, with your talent and all your money, and we will spend it. Okay, I got like 25 bucks. We're set. Hey, I saw the Steve Martin Eddie Murphy movie. I know you can make a movie for cheap. Just can't tell anyone that you're making a movie. Oh, oh man, both things are so fucking good. <laughs> Chubby Rain. Chubby Rain. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but Freddy vs. Jason, uh, let's just jump right into it. We know what we're getting into in here. What's going on with this? Let's just dive deep into it. Steve, what do you feel? What do you feel on? What do you think about Freddy vs. Jason? I was looking forward to Freddy vs. Jason for many years. Um, you know, I grew up as a Freddy fan, as a Jason fan. Uh, even as a child, I knew all the information about how, like, Friday the 13th 7 was going to be Freddy vs. Jason. I remember reading about that in Fango, as a little tiny Steve Jr. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, rights, you know, rights fell apart, so that became that. And then I remember New Line finally buying the rights to, uh... Jason Voorhees and I was like, oh shit, it's gonna happen, and then they announced another Jason movie, I'm like, okay, and then that movie was terrible, but the last shot, the last fucking shot made the entire world go wild, with Freddy's glove coming out of the ground and grabbing Jason's mask, mm-hmm. everyone went fucking nuts, and I'm just like, oh man, it's finally happening, it's gonna happen soon, and that was like 1994, and it never happened. That's okay, because we got Jason X. <laughs> and then we got Jason X, which was fantastic. <coughs> yes. Um. So I was... When they finally said, like, hey guys, it's actually happening, I was fucking thrilled, and they were like, Ronnie Yu's gonna direct it, I'm just like, that's weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he made, he directed Bride of Chucky, and I loved Bride of Chucky, so he clearly has a taste for horror, and he has a taste for action, so you know what, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this! Oh, you're not getting Kane Harder to be Jason, even though he's been campaigning for this movie for years? That's kinda shitty, but okay. This <laughs> Ken guy's fucking huge. I'll allow it. Ronnie Yu directed Warriors of Virtue? <laughs> Fuck yeah, he did. The best Ronnie Yu film. Oh, I mean, I, I maybe it'd say Fearless or something else. That's or, uh, sarcasm. Or if you're my wife, you'd say Formula 51. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly did not know he directed Warriors of Virtue. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm Fuck yeah, Virtue. martial arts kangaroos! <laughs> oh, great. Where it's a really, really low, low-cuff kids film and then all of a sudden there's lines that say shit happens and they said shit like ten times in five and a half minutes really came out of nowhere hell yeah they did <laughs> um so uh-huh. I, I followed I followed the production I heard about all the different fucking screenplays they had like one screenplay was gonna be like Jason was on fucking trial <laughs> yeah like and Freddy fucking gets involved somehow and other ones where it was gonna the main characters of the film was gonna be Alice and uh, Tommy Jarvis, and I was like, fuck, fuck you guys, that should have been what you went with, that would have been fucking awesome, uh, but, what- cool. but whatever, you know, we got what we got, and I will say, I am pretty happy with the end result, it's not perfect, but I think it's solid, I think it's as uh, respectful 
as uh, I would hope, because it's better than it should be, one of those cases, the fact that this movie exists is a goddamn miracle. It's true. That's very true. Um, and, you know, I, I like it. I think it's a, it's a decent Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's a decent Friday the 13th movie. It's not a great version. It's not a great either, but it's fair as either. That's fair. Yeah, to go with, go with you there. I same same points here. Um, obviously, I, we're both somewhere in the case. We're big. I was a big fan of both franchises. Movies coming out. Oh boy, great! And then uh, then we go from here. Um, I kind of agree. I I think yeah, like I said, it's I think the little chunk chunklets. It's like yeah, it it's the, the general gist here is okay for a nightmare film. General gist here is okay for a. Friday the 13th film, but I don't know, um, when you put the puzzle pieces together, it doesn't, doesn't work out well for me. But we're gonna get into that. Yeah, let's get into that then. Let's get into that right now. Let's just, uh, do, let's do our usual format here. Positives. Let's, uh, let's, let's start off some positives. What we got here, Steve? Uh, Robert Englund. Robert Englund kind of being as Freddy, his last time <laughs> playing Fred Krueger. And in and out of the makeup, the opening... It, of this film is fantastic, and one of my favorite moments of the Nightmare franchise is the opening of this film, when he's just fucking creepy fucking pedophile murderer son of a bitch fucking throwing a doll in the fire and getting close to a tiny little girl and licking the fucking picture to put it in the photo album. Oh, yeah. it's so good. That's good. I, I will agree. Will agree so good. Um, The weird CG Freddy Krueger face, though, I don't understand. Oh, you mean the one with like the super sharp devil teeth he never has in the film, or the really weird eyes and like the, the he does have the, he does have the teeth in the film twice. Are you sure? Yes, it... I was watching the film looking for it. Like they look like fucked up teeth, but they weren't like these fucking sharp razor, like ridiculous fucking teeth he had in like those close up shots at the start of the film. Oh, I mean, maybe if you do a direct comparison, the CG teeth are sharper, but like Demon Freddy has those fucking teeth. It just looks silly. That's fair. I'm not gonna <laughs> look at him. Cause an argument about that, because you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. Here. Like, I, that was my first thing. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on? What's going on here?" It was weird. Um, I don't know why, but whatever. Mm. Um, Ken, I thought did a solid job as Jason because he was fucking huge. Um, yeah. and Ronnie was going for a more sympathetic Jason. He was going for definitely more of the uh, this Jason. Like, this isn't the Jason that would kill kids or hurt animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Jason that kills teenagers because his mama told him to. Yes. And that's it, you know. It's is not the rage red lantern cane hotter Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh which is fine because I feel that Jason is open to different interpretations. I think it's easy to make it a sympathetic character. Very the way easy. Boy that drowned got all kind of <laughs> fucked up more from it and then now it's just a And fucking like raised by a mother that believes you're dead telling you all the time about how they need to be punished for what they did to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think the act uh um and then you become the, a fucking yeah. zombie and your brain's even more fucked up. <laughs> But uh, I missed the, where's the, um, the name of the actor I played Jason. I, 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 I Ken Kersiger. Okay. Yeah, I thought he picked up well. He still had some of the Jason mannerisms that became popular over the film. Well, he and... was the he was um, Kane Hodder's stunt actor in Friday the 13th 8, so he probably worked with Kane a lot. Okay, so, so yeah, he probably picked up some stuff there. Because like, if you watch the films, there's always a lot of mannerisms that Jason does for sure. Yeah, there's some Jasons that stick out as very unlike all the other Jasons. Like, the Jason in 6, I feel, feels the most un-Jason-like. Well, that was that he just came back to life as a zombie Which Jason. is fine, yeah. So, got a slight excuse for that. But I know, like, even, like, the sympathetic part, I think you totally, you're totally hitting on the head there. Um, 
just in general mannerisms, general even general appearance, I feel like they make Jason look more sympathetic, even as a giant hulking uh, zombie Jason. Yes. In a lot of ways. So I, yeah, I totally right on with that. Um, uh, what else did I especially like? Um, I, I dug the fun that they had with the dream sequences. Um, and they really use, like, the power of CGI to enhance the dreams, but they didn't depend on CGI, like, say, the Nightmare fucking reboot did. Mm-hmm. So, like, you got the CGI fucking, like, Freddy shadow, but that looked solid. And then when you got Freddy popping his head through the steel as opposed to, like, a wall, it's a, it's like a physical prop as opposed to CG. So I, I, I liked all the fun that they had with the uh, Nightmare sequences, as few as there were. Mm-hmm. It was great to see them, you know, with a modern take and modern filmmaking uh, techniques. Uh, There's a lot of blood. Fantastic. Blood. They had a lot of fun with the Jason kills, especially. I think the most notable one for me is still uh, the boyfriend in the, the, the bed. Boyfriend in the bed. Oh, God. He gets yeah. stabbed in the bed, then the bed just, like, turned up, on, like, <laughs> like, closed up on him. So good. It's, yeah, first major one. It, it, it's solid. Sticks with you. For sure. <laughs> Um, big fan of, oh, fuck, I forget his name. God damn it. Uh, the guy who plays Dave in the Titus show, the asshole redhead from The Christmas Story. Yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, uh, his moment of being Freddy is fantastic, and I'd be fine with him being Freddy in the next reboot. Yeah, I felt the same way, oh. um, back, when I first saw it, even back then, like, oh, he's, uh, Zach Ward. Thank you, yeah, Zach Ward. I, it was on the tip um, of my tongue, but. Yeah, I, even rewatching it now, I'm like, man, that's good. It's funny, because, like, both Zach Ward and, and Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, minus Bob, because um, that's a... Jason Muse. Yeah, basically. In this film. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, the, the definitely not... Yeah, the guy, the character... The, the not Jay! Character that's trying to be Jason Muse, but it's not Jason Muse. Yeah. Um, yeah. They both, like, spent a lot of time, like, with uh, Robert England in his trailer to, like, emulate his mannerisms and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, because you could tell. Like, he, I, uh, I remember listening to the DVD commentary fucking years ago, but yeah, they talked about that. Well, yeah. the Stoner guy, I guess he was on the commentary. Zach Ward was so minor, he wasn't. Uh, but the Stoner character talked about how both he and Zach were, you know, they worked with Robert England. They, like, had Robert England, like, coach them on what his Freddy is so that they can be him since he was impersonating them anyway. Yeah. And you could tell. Like, both of those actors nailed uh, the eyebrows, the way the head movement goes. Mm-hmm. It was really solid. Agree. Um, another big like is that I really, really like the fact that you get two big fights with the characters. Mm. Yeah, you get one in the dream world and then one in the uh, real world. Yeah, and they're both great. Like they're both long. They're both uh, satisfying. And uh, another big like is just uh, Freddy is written great. Oh, uh, he is. This Freddy is the Freddy from three and four. Where mm-hmm. he is intimidating, he is a threat, he is terrifying, but he is also hilarious and has a great personality and just loves being evil. Yeah, like the the Freddy like joke stuff, like got your nose, so fucking good. <laughs> Those yeah, all the Freddy joke bits are, are actually work really well in this, as opposed to like some of the later uh, um, nightmare films. Oh, I'm kind playing of with much. power. Nice graphics. No. <laughs> no, fuck you, actually. Actually, I will always defend Freddy's eggs. I actually really enjoy that segment. Yeah, so do I. Like, that is I the do most, too. Like, that is the most, like, actual Freddy feeling part of that entire film. Uh, my other favorite part of Freddy's dead is when he's just jumping behind the deaf kid when he doesn't have his hearing aid. Because <laughs> that is also a Freddy thing, I feel. That's fair. That's um, fair. 
So yeah, Freddy's super on point, and unlike the horrible Nightmare reboot references that made no sense, this film has a great reference with How Sweet Dark Meat. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, I'd say those are my big main positives. I mean, I like a lot of the film. Uh, I like Bob Shea's cameo, I like uh, John Ritter character, and, I'm sorry, Jason Ritter, John was his late father, mm -hmm. um, Jason Ritter's character and his friend from the institution, I like both of them. Uh, Linderman, I thought, was a solid nerd character that wasn't a stereotypical nerd character mm -hmm. um, and came in on his own and did not go out like a bitch, although he did go out on a magical piece of metal that only existed in the one shot when he got thrown into it and not in the shots when uh, Kia or Freddy were thrown into yes. the same wall. I, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> felt the same way about when I saw that. I was like, oh... Well, that's that's bad. Sucks for him, I guess, that he happened to be the only person to hit that one little piece of metal. I guess. Yep. Oh man. Uh, and yeah, just uh, I mean, the fight was just both of the fights. Again, they were really good. They were fucking brutal. Uh, Freddy in the Dream World was fantastic. Doing taking it to Jason. Jason's just confused. And in the real world, both of those characters. This is the most beaten up either of them have ever been, and it is so satisfying to see these two just brute monstrosities murdering the fuck out of each other the fucking claws in the eyes tearing off arms pushing blades in as deep as they can go even fucking man the torpedoes i was like a little fucking kid just having a great time with all of that yeah and the nice last little shot uh right before jason goes under basically looking up at Lori, saying like hey uh that's for trying to help me in the bad man's dream world i'm, I'm gonna go to sleep now but if i ever see you again i'm gonna kill you bye bye <laughs> like like everybody you you get one but yeah. better not see you again. Because <laughs> I feel Jason is intelligent enough where, like, if he if he saw you save a child, he may not kill you that one time. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I say I don't know. I'd that's, say, un that's undiscovered territory. We haven't really I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. I just like it. It makes sense that Jason, like, Jason's not pure unadulterated evil. He just kills people. Mm hmm. And he clearly has, he's clearly been shown to elect not to murder things that he could have, such as the entire bunk of all children in six. True. He could have fucking just stabbed every single one of them. He could have. But, but see, that's what makes me kind of weird for her, because, like, there's lots of scenes where those camp counselors in six are nice to kids, but then uh, Jason still kills them anyways. Oh, yeah. So... But he's also super zombie Jason. He ain't got time for that shit. He ain't got time for that shit. I feel like if, if he wasn't distracted after he blew through a fucking door, I think he would have killed all those kids. I mean, he was in that room a couple of times without killing the kids. He was thinking about it. He was like, mm, what's the good time to do this? <laughs> I got other stuff to go do. I got I got a sheriff to break in half. I got a sheriff to break in half. I got to jump out of this tree again. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping out of trees. I'm Batman. No, you're Jason. But I have a utility no. belt. Well, you got me there. It wasn't until New Blood, in which case he became like a fucking action hero, bl blasting through windows. Oh my god, I lose my shit every time they have it laughs so fucking hard. <laughs> fucking just explosions uh, behind him. <laughs> um, uh, what about you? Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Jace Formers. <laughs> um, what are your uh, positives? Anything? Uh, you hit a lot of mine. Um... I like some of the fun bits, like when they're in the dream world, or no, they're not in the dream world, they're just in the regular world, there's a funny egg where the news station is a KRGR. KRGR, yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, I'm trying to look, my, I, I, I gotta say I have a lot of negatives, um, so I'm trying to, I, I don't know, but I don't know if the general story 
stuff. Oh, the dad. The dad for the... Uh, I forget which kid. Um, the one who... Like, the kid who dies next. The second yes. death in the film. His dad looks like Alex Jones, and it made me laugh for really hard. <laughs> yes, he does. And then he gets decapitated, so it's okay. Um, oh, such a great reveal, the decapitation, too. Like, it was not a gradual, realistic thing. It was like, POP! That whole thing was kind of... I will... Virgin... Just speaking of that death real quick. It's Thinking back to it, it's like... So he's in the dream world. So Jason killed his father, sat his body next to the kid, waited for the kid to wake up, but then to kill the kid. You are also talking about the guy that used to consistently go out of his way to hang up people's friends if there was one person left. In, like, doorways <laughs> and places where they're going to drop down to spook the person and stuff. So, honestly, I don't put that too far past Jason. It's like He's I, done dumber stuff. It's true. That's fair. But <laughs> I just gotta... Oh, you're right. Yeah, but... There, here's what you're... Okay. I might start venturing into negative stuff. I'll say this right now. And the other film's stuff that's stupid works in that film. Okay. Like, I can believe it. I'm, go, I can, I'm, I'm willing to accept it. When it comes to this film, there's a lot of stupid shit that happens that instantly pulls me out, and I go, "Wait a second, what?" <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't do a good job of hiding the dumb, if that makes any sense. Because a lot of films we've talked about this before, sometimes there's some films that just do stupid shit, and you're a okay with it. Like, well, I didn't care; it worked for me. Mm-hmm. This film, there's some problems, uh, but let me try to find the rest of my um, uh, pre- positives here. I'm sure I have some. You just hit a lot of them. Uh oh yeah the, the, okay when Jason goes to kill all the people at the frat like the, the not frat party but the party in the cornfield oh I like, like I like that he was just saving that poor girl from getting date raped he just accidentally <laughs> stabbed a little too far but he was a um, hero the thing that made me laugh the most is when uh that laugh, the one guy throws Everclear on and then sets him on fire and then he's running away from Jason Jason's just on fire fantastic walking through the corn heel this is a very uh, flammable corn by the oh, way oh very flammable corn this is this <laughs> shit then, has not been watered in a while. And then only uh, gets extinguished when he, like, slices open a keg of beer. Yes. <laughs> it was fun. And everyone starts yelling, drink, 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 uh, as they should have. <laughs> uh, and, and then Jason um, becomes a bro, and then no one else does. Just that whole sequence there. It's like, hey, you pig fucker, and then he twists the guy's head around. Oh, that's a good kill. That's a good kill. I, I was In my positives, wrapping up here, I like... The Jason parts of the film a lot more than I like the Freddy Krueger parts of the mm-hmm. film. I feel that is the stronger elements of the film. And I, I will say that because now I'm going to venture into negatives when I talk about Freddy Krueger's entire plan. Okay, well, what don't you like about Freddy's plan? Okay. Because I, I, I do think that it's brilliant, the idea of, since it's already been established that Freddy gets his power from fear, mm-hmm. forcing everyone to forget about him. And, okay. and he's just like, fuck! That has problems in it, too. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. The, the stuff they start establishing in this universe about how Freddy gets his power and how he kills people, it's fine, but then there's stuff that happens where that's just dumb as fuck. So, the, first, the thing with his plan, his plan is entirely centered on the fact that people think that it's him doing it. Yes. And then it's, it's centered around the kids the teenagers finding out who he is if that one cop didn't mention freddy krueger's name those kids wouldn't have any fucking clue what they're talking about it's like when as soon as laurie hears the name freddy krueger that's when things start getting put together for all she she, she could have heard the name of like teddy kroger or something and not have known teddy. anything <laughs> it's teddy yeah it's like some guy's like oh 
It's like, oh, I heard a name. What was it? I think it was Teddy Kroger. The ice cream man from the second street over? <laughs> it's like, and if, if they wouldn't have got that, because the, the film makes it very clear that as soon as she remembers Freddy Krueger's name, that's that's when the whole the dream sequence happens. That's when the fucking all the shit starts happening. I will say that the police are fucking idiots when that one supporting actor who's always a, a rookie cop in every movie I've ever seen him in. Yeah. <laughs> you know the guy. Yeah. Um, shows up saying, I think we got a Jason Voorhees copycat killer. That police chief should have been like, yes, that is what we have. Immediately, yeah. everyone's focused on I, Jason I, Voorhees. I, I, totally, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Like, the other logic on other characters and how they're going about doing their stuff is just, I just felt like this, I'm retarded. I, like, that's how they, those characters should have stamps on their heads saying, I'm just a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, you've gone to this lengths of apparently erasing every mention of him, sending people off to mental institutions that might remember Freddy Krueger doing as much as you can to fucking erase this, that you are immediately jump. Even like the rookie cop is like, I think it was Fred Krueger. Why would he say that? He knows yeah. better. Everyone apparently knows better not to even mention the fucker's name. Except this guy, one asshole. All of a sudden, her son, one person murdered in a bed. It's like, well, clearly it's Fred Krueger. Well, thank you, motherfucker. You're killed. You just killed. You killed everybody. You just did it right yeah. now. Because you had to do this. And, and thankfully, uh, Lori happened to hear the name of the guy with her back turned to a guy talking quietly to another guy. Yeah. And from, because, because, and even his plan from then, it's like, well, what if other stuff happened? It's just that, okay, well, that was my gist. Like, his entire plan hinges on some, as on one little tiny thing happening. Well, to be fair, he happen, was sending Jason anywhere. to kill a bunch of people, hoping that eventually it would happen, you know? I mean, he. Because of the pacing of the film, it happened immediately. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like Freddy's plan, Jason was going to be in that town for a while, and someone would eventually slip up. Well, no shit. Like, I mean, I'll get to the, like other stuff with Jason. Because like, but... if the fucking cop didn't do it, maybe fucking redhead, fucking asshole from the insane asylum would have said something sooner. Mm-hmm. That was that man. That was silly. Too. That was it's that like, was super silly. I do appreciate they wrote him realizing he was being a fucking. Moron. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot scene... of like like self understanding for that character. Well, first off, like that entire scene is silly. Anyways, like everyone, everyone's just like dead. Stopped standing in the middle of this hallway at a high school for minutes on end. No one has ever done it's... that in a high school ever. It's just like, what is this scene? The setting up is ridiculous. Also, if you want to keep this sort of thing quarantined. Maybe cancel school so the kids can't talk to each other during school. Well, it doesn't matter. Everyone's so casual about fucking death in this film. It's ridiculous. In the entire franchise, really. How many children have died and school went on fine the next day? That's fair. <laughs> I, 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 but that's fine if, like, one or two cases. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. I'm, I'm not talking about everyone in the school. I'm talking about the, our main cast of characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. But before I get to that, I'm, I know I'm jumping around. But talk, Where was Roseanne Barr and Freddy vs. Jason? <laughs> They should have went to Roseanne and been like, I'm going to keep these children safe. Oh, and then Tom Arnold shows up. God damn it. <laughs> um, but when you, okay, when I was talking about the adults. So we're always led to believe that Kruger only kills kids. Generally. Generally. He has definitely been, made exceptions. But this film, it's all like, I need the teenagers to remember to kill them. And it's like, well, the adults remember. And you'd think, oh, it's fine. But then you find out that Kruger killed Lori's mom. It's like, but he can kill adults then. Why isn't he just killing everybody? Because everyone's on hypnosale and uh, Lori's mom clearly forgot to take it one night or some bullshit. They didn't establish that. They didn't, well. but it, I figured because otherwise all oh, of the adults would be a, dead. That's a huge assumption. I understand the dad giving it to Lori because he's he works there, he has access to it, but the entire town having it, I don't buy that for a second. I feel that that has to be the case because otherwise they would all be dead. 
Well, I think that I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a plot hole. Like if they 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 should have covered that, like by saying, hey, like if they had one throwaway line of saying, well, the entire town must be on Hypnosil or something, or if they had that one line, it'd be fine. But they don't, and so it makes a ma- major problem on how like what this whole plan was to erase his memory. Because like with the adults, remember how come Freddy just didn't kill them? Mm. I mean, I mean, you're not like, wrong. I just don't think it's as much of a problem as you do. No, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like these are my problems. Yeah. Like these are just things that really pulled me out of the film. And then um, the other thing, while I'm ranting about death, uh, everyone is really casual about the fact that Jason Voorhees just killed everyone at this party. So they drive up to Lori's house. It's like, no, no, was it Lori or was it Kia? I forget. But there's like, oh, man, I really, I gotta go. I gotta go inside. I gotta go to sleep. Oh, yeah, that was horseshit, yeah. You just watched, like, a zombie fucking behemoth go through and slaughter, like, ten people. And you're like, we should call the cops. Nah, I'm gonna go to bed. What the fuck? It's almost like they had that kind of scene shot, but it should have gone someplace else. Mm-hmm. And it's just in the it's in the completely wrong spot in the film. Yes. it makes no fucking. They should be like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and like, let's no get one, the fuck out of town. Where the fucking like, no one gives a shit that Jason Voorhees has murdered all these kids. Yeah. There's lots of kids running away, so people survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sitting just like, what the fuck is this? Um. Uh. So there's an ex- exposition train about Jason that happens in the film. Uh, the film has a lot of new metal, which I'm not a big fan of. It goes that's, back that's and forth, that, at least. That's indicative on the time period. Yeah, that's so the time I'm, period. I'm good at that. But it does um, go back and forth. It's not just clearly just new metal. So uh, we still get, like, some legit score and orchestra stuff. Uh, uh, Laurie Campbell, played by Monica Keeney. Uh, I didn't like the character, and I did not like the actress. I thought she looked nice. Um, she's a pretty girl. That's it. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad about her appearance, but her acting. Oh, boy. There was one scene where she's, like... Apparently, so she's acting all sleepy in front of her dad. That sleepy acting is atrocious. If, if, it, if it was set up in the film, like, she's faking sleepy so she can sneak out or something, that's one thing. But, like, no, she's apparently legitimately tired. That's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just sleepy. It was stupid. It was like, Jesus Christ, you guys couldn't try to take that one again. Also, I feel like her father could have just said, hey, um, I'm a doctor. You understand that, sweetie. Take this medicine. It has to do with stress. Instead of trying to, like, all fucking, like, sneaking into her orange juice and shit. Well, even then, like, the biggest problem a lot of times that we discussed with the sheriff is, like, communication. No one talks in this film. If that dad would have been like, <laughs> yeah, Freddy Krueger's a dude. Take this so you can suppress your dreams and you won't fucking die. Yeah. Instead of, it's like, and, like, the whole thing where she's freaking out, like, you you said I'm going to say this to him. She's running off and stuff. Like, hey, if the dad would have been like, hey. Instead of saying, we'll talk about it in the morning. If he yeah. would have, like, talked about it right now, like, okay, here's the fucking deal. Freddy killed your fucking mother. Uh, if you know about him, he can get into your dreams and kill you. Clearly, we've passed that point, so you need to start taking this dream pill shit. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Woo, man. Uh, like, yeah, communication is very key in this film for Freddy's plan to work. Communication and is key for a good die. relationship and for beating Freddy. Yeah, if they would have had some better communication... A, Freddy's plan might have been more smooth in my my, my uh, understanding of it, and people might not have died if they just been like, hey, this dude Fred Krueger uh, will kill you if you dream about him, so take these and you won't. Uh-huh. And then everyone would have been like, oh, okay, so then all the main characters take the hypnocell and everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. But nope. <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. Um, which leads up to, I think, I want to, I feel like is the worst thing about this film. 
and that is <laughs> the uh, the weaknesses. Oh, that's my that um, was my fucking line. I hate that shit so much. It's the stupidest fucking line in the entire goddamn franchise. Do you want to you want to drop that on us? Wait, this line was so stupid that I made a point to make fun of the line in the Slasher Hunter. If you remember, yeah. Um, wait, Freddy died by fire. Jason by water. How do we use that? Ah! You don't. This isn't fucking Pokemon. Jesus Christ! Even even back when the movie came out, I thought that was terrible. Me too. We watching it, I still just sit there and I just yelled into my hands. I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Just because Jason Voorhees died by drowning doesn't mean he's averse to water. We've seen that plenty of times in the film where he hides in water and then murders people. Water is Jason's element, and and, then and like he see- he even was like a fucking dolphin when he was still human. Never mind, like when he was fucking a zombie, you know. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, when in the dream world, when Freddy's like getting his spheres and he's like dumping water on him, that's the, the amount of water. Like what's going on, like the water around him and stuff. It, that's the equivalent of being rained on. Yeah, which he was in the rain at the start of the film. Yep. So shouldn't he be sitting frozen, scared, stiffless? Because <gasps> water. <gasps> now I will say, and I agree with you, it's stupid, and I don't like it. But I will say that Ronnie Yu went out of his way to try to explain that Jason is only scared of water in his subconscious, like in his nightmares. He's not scared of it in real life. And that's fine, but it's still fucking stupid. It is. Uh, From this, when I do talk about nightmares, I was not a big fan of... I'm going to put this on you because I don't know who else to really blame in this situation. I didn't like the CG or I guess like color filtering he did on like every scene. I didn't like it either. Like the film either teeters between green, red, or blue. Uh, I, I mean, I think that mostly just affects the nightmare sequences. Well, they're not yet yeah, nightmares, but even then, like, there's uh, obviously the van's pretty dark blue. There's like, if you look, there's a lot of scenes of a lot of blues. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of, like, a, like a lot of that in the film. At least I caught on to it. Uh, but they have the nightmare scenes. Like, Instead of just having something shot and lit to be a particular way, it's like they shot it and then just put a, like a red filter over it. Well, they they did that for the one part specifically because they wanted it to shift mid scene when Jason was like kind of getting somewhat more control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I so just, I get I that, but yeah, it. I wasn't a big fan either. It just didn't look very good. Oh, uh, one thing that I will say that uh, bothered me in the film, uh, speaking of plot holes or lack of explanation, is how they drove eight fucking hours with Jason in their van. Yeah, well, they had a lot of because uh, um, Springwood's in Ohio. Camp Crystal Lake is in New Jersey. Well, you also, know, um, Jason walked yeah. to Ohio. How many people yeah. died on that <laughs> trip? <laughs> well, you see, a doctor ate his heart and then traveled across the country, eating other people, like eating other people's hearts. Oh no, here we go. Freddie brought Jason back to life at the at the very end of Jason Goes to Hell. It took that long yeah. for him to find Springwood. <laughs> he's laying there in his dreams like, No, Jason, go this way! Mom is very in- disappointed in you. But, that lady um, did a pretty good um, Betsy Palmer. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Uh, and my last little bit was the tranquilizer stuff. It's it's a good idea to trank Jason and knock him out, but how does that work? But I guess they do establish his heart is never mind. I, I, that was the question Rachel had, and I was like, I thought for a second, no, his heart is pumping technically, so I guess he is does have blood running through. His he's veins. he Jason is a fucking deadite, like he's not a zombie. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, like the roles we've seen Jason do, um, how many parts of his body he loses, but it grows back. Like, I mean, as Jason X establishes, he's basically an undead Wolverine. So he's not just straight zombie, because otherwise he'd be easy to take out over time. So he clearly is more like Deadite level. Uh, one minor nitpick. Uh, they they clearly show the bottles of the tranquilizers, saying it has to be diluted by like one, one, one per 10,000 yes. or something like that. And then when they go to uh, give Lori her her shot, it's like, oh, this she gave it to her. I'm like, oh, I hope you guys diluted that because. Well, to be fair, they could not fucking wake her up because they gave her the fucking pills wrong. Yeah, clearly. It's like, <laughs> oh, you guys are fucking up real bad. Here. Real bad. Um, and then the last little bit that made me laugh really bad is, <laughs> um. So the whole linchpin about the boyfriend going to the same time, she thought he saw, he thought it was uh, Lori's dad that killed her mom. So we see Lori's dad walking up the stairs with a knife, going to the bedroom, pulling the sheet back, and then looks surprised that his that his wife is already being killed. Mm-hmm. Why was he walking up there with a knife? Was he actually going to kill her? And he was just like, oh, oh, Kruger's doing it. Well, that's... Fuck, this that's, is my plan. Oh, shit. Well, that, hey, they dodged a bullet there. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny because it's not like he's going up like to kill Kruger. It looks like he's going up to murder his wife. I mean, I already be in the process of being murdered. I took it as he thought there was a home invader, uh, but I don't know why he walked up to his wife and then took off the blanket slowly with a knife. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, like man, I just, that just made me laugh really bad. It did. Um, and I like lots of parts of the final fight scene. I just. Uh, I don't know. J- Jason's element of it, I thought, was weak. Like he's fighting Freddy, he's smashing Freddy through like pillars and windows oh, and all this stuff. It's great. And it, it seems like Freddy's just super powerful in this version <laughs> in the real world. Well, I mean, I feel that Freddy's dead established it. Um, that although Freddy no longer is a god, as a god because he's not in the dreams, he's still a fucking demon. So I well that was just, but that was are we but that that that's the case are we taking into canon that he has the, the the dream spirits powering him in this film? I mean, if you want to, whether or not, but I th- I think it's fair to say like, hey, this guy that came back through the fucking supernatural and is a goddamn demon would have some supernatural powers in the real world. He would be he would be tougher than just a regular dude. I feel it makes that's sense fair. to me. And okay, but then and then from that. I just feel like Jason's method of dealing with them was not as good as if it was just a regular person. I agree. Yeah, that that, that matter nitpicks. Otherwise, like I, I, I want to say like the film's fun. Don't make when I say he's natives, don't make it sound like I'm just shitting on the film, saying it's a piece of shit like Freddy's Dead or something like that. It's not. There's a lot of things that are fun. It's it it makes me laugh. So there's just some between some of the actors and then some of the story stuff. It just makes me go what? Scratch my head a lot. So I don't. I just want to put that out there because I, I think it's a fun enough film. I mean, it's 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 a fantastic that these two franchises are coming together. It's cool that we get to see these two juggernauts of horror fight each other. It's you know, it, it pays enough respect to both franchises. It doesn't feel like it's disrespectful to the characters. It doesn't. Yeah, it, like it may update stuff and it may do a couple things that are dumb, but it's not like completely ignoring or turning like the mythos of either character upside down, like say other versus films. That yeah. seems to have completely misunderstood the previous films. Which we'll get to. Yes. <laughs> like, Ronnie, there is respect for the franchises in this. Yeah, we we I, don't I agree that... with every choice. It's not a perfect film, but fans were in charge of this movie to a degree. Yeah. And, and my, my, my complaints about the, the script don't 
like detract too much from like I, I do agree that there's tons of respect shown and they clearly cared a lot about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I do appreciate that quite a bit. So I mean, is there any uh, specific negatives you want to talk about that I might have uh, I might have not mentioned? I mean, I poked in a couple of times when you were doing yours, like the driving okay, okay. and like uh, the lack of communication between characters, <coughs> that stuff. Yeah, the one adult that tries to help them gets murdered by Jason. I would have enjoyed him living just a little bit longer. Yeah, he was an, he was a good character, and that's like, nope, electrocuted by Jason. Yeah, which I, I actually I, I thought that was pretty good. Scene. It was. Uh, so star ratings. Um, as you mentioned, I, I was fun enough, but there was enough problems there that it bumped it down to a three and a half for me. For me, I give it a very solid four. Very That's solid fair. four. I think it's a, uh, I it's a film that I expected to like less as I got older, and I like it almost just as much. Which I think is the opposite. I, I didn't like it. As, I liked it a lot more when I was younger, and I've grown up to have some more problems. With it. Mm-hmm. But you know that happens. You just pick up on things more as you grow up, and sometimes and stuff. So uh, let's move on to our uh, second major uh, versus fr- uh, film of the combination of two juggernaut franchises, and that is AVP: Colon Alien versus Predator from two thousand four, PG thirteen from Paul W S Anderson. Only one alien. <laughs> Only one. It's it's they film Alien. That they take the big chap from that got dumped into space, and they take the shit. Okay, we killed that predator. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they fight. Fuck yeah. Mono e mono. And then during an arc. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. It's. Uh, I was just gonna say. Then the uh, fucking Danny Glover shows up with his fucking all of his predator weapons that he still has. <laughs> the frisbee. During an archaeological expedition on Bovatoya Island in Antarctica, a team of archaeologists and other scientists find themselves caught up in a battle between the two legends. <laughs> Soon the team realize that only one species can win. <laughs> what? Okay. That is a <laughs> synopsis. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. <laughs> uh... We've meant, we've talked about Paul W. Sanderson before in this podcast. He is not the the best fellow. Uh, but uh, let's just uh, let's go here. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about AVP Alien vs Predator. Uh, Steve, what did you think about AVP Alien vs Predator? Uh, well, again, this was uh, something that was trying to get made for a long time. You know, there was going to be an AVP movie going into production in like '98 or something like that. I remember very vividly. Yeah, it's a franchise that's been around between the Dark Horse comics and the video games. Well, ever since Predator stuff. 2 had the Xenomorph skull in it, that's when all the comics... And, no, I'm sorry, the comics came first, right? And the movie was, like, kind of the nod to that? Or was it I, the movie first and the comics came out? Uh, I want to say the comics. Regardless, yeah. there's it, It's very close there. Like, around, that, around Predator 2, boom, that's when, like, there's a huge lot of... Because I think Dark Horse has had the rise of Alien and Predator, so they're able to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and the I, comics, yeah. you've had video games... You know, this is something that has, as opposed to Freddy vs. Jason, this did already exist in one way or another for many years. Yeah, absolutely. So when Hollywood was finally catching up, I was like, cool, let's see what they do with it, because it'd be cool to finally see the movie of this, because I know they wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And this was not not really what I was hoping for, for the most part. No, uh, not at all. Uh, this, uh... Uh, they uh, They needed some fans working on this film. They did. I definitely felt like there was not any of that. I think the biggest takeaway of this film was from the one of the interviews behind the scenes that was on the DVD. Because I, I own the original DVD. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's Paul W.S. Anderson explaining um, about how the predator, how this is a coming of age for like young predators. Like this is how they become like uh, adults. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's in the comics. That's totally legit. He's like, and then he went on to explain. So like, uh, the predator in the first predator movie and the second predator movie would be like toddlers because they're just killing humans. Oh, Jesus Christ. Whereas these are like teenagers where they're like moving on to uh, aliens uh, to become oh. adults. And I, that to me sums up everything that's wrong with this film. I'm so angry right now. I'm so glad that you didn't know that until just now. Yeah, because oh. uh, for those of you who don't know, the whole idea is that like predators really respect humans. Like, they ah! clearly kill us very easily, but humans are considered one of the most dangerous games in the galaxy. Yeah. So the predators that are hunting us in the first two Predator movies are elders. Like, not yeah. not like mega elders, not like the guy that... Not like the one that handed Danny Glover his fucking pistol at the end of the film. Yeah, in, in the in-universe, and this is established through novelizations, which means it was in earlier screenplays and all this other stuff... In this, the storyline for the Predators is that, like, killing humans is like a rite of passage type thing. Like, humans are, like, Steve's a super dangerous game. Big deal. You gotta build up to that. Yeah, it's like, it's a whole deal. Only the greats of the greats. Yeah, yeah. You you build up to it. You go to Earth. You kill a human. You come back. It's like, oh, man. That guy is a serious shit. And that's 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 not necessarily shit on the Predators killing the humans in the very beginning. Like, that mm-hmm. I could still accept, because, like, they had guns, they were there, and these fucking teenagers basically were like, fuck yeah, let's kill these fucking humans, well, we have all these sweet-ass weapons. You know, like, mm-hmm. young deer hunters, maybe. You know, like, fuck yeah, I got the shotgun, let's murder the fuck out of this buck. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. But the idea that Paul Anderson thinks that the predator that fought Danny Glover and Arnold Schwarzenegger was a toddler, and his predators are teenagers, shows a very... Very strong misunderstanding of the Predator franchise. No shit. Like if you because uh, going back to the novelization of Predator Two, which it goes into a lot of cool stuff about how, uh, like, there's uh, a bunch of stuff there. But uh, it's like that whole um, film is like that's a pretty seasoned fucking Predator going after them, going like going into that you know drug warfare zone in L.A. and stuff. That's that's why in the end of the film it's a pretty big fucking deal that Glover killed it. Wasn't it, is it, wasn't it in the novelization, or was it, is it just like a fan theory that that predator was a female? No, it was. In the novelization, that's why I was, okay, thank you. I was, I want to make sure I was, when you brought that up, that correct. Um, in the novelization, it's talked about that predator is a female, right. and that's the reason why it doesn't kill the female police officer, because it detects that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so then that, that's why it spares her life. It's like, oh, you're going to be, you're going to go through a whole lot worse than what I can do to you. <laughs> but, it's really it, actually. I always I do recommend people check out that novelization because it actually talks a lot more about their uh, culture. That's where a lot of the stuff about humans being the most dangerous game and stuff comes from the Predator Two novelization. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of background stuff so, because that film, uh, the the book I should say, the book follows like the police stuff of Danny Glover and a lot of stuff about the Predator going like. There's a lot of parts that are narrated by like the Predator, you know, Predator stuff by it going around the city doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, which again clearly means that was part of the screenplay, and it just didn't make it, or you know, the original script, and that just didn't make it in the final product. Because that's usually how novelizations work; they're given like a very usually like an early draft of the film, and then they they just write a book on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely there. But oh man, I did not know that Paul W. S. Anderson <laughs> said that. That upsets me greatly. And that leads to I I honestly feel that leads to all of the other problems with this fucking movie. 
Absolutely. On top of it being PG thirteen. Oh yeah, that was a big fucking problem. Which I think hurts it a lot. I did watch the unrated version, so I don't. And I don't remember off the top of my head what what. Uh, Not enough. Was in the nope. um, theatrical cut that like, is different, but I think a lot of stuff I saw in the uh, unrated version felt like stuff that definitely could have been quick cutaways, like cuts pieces cut out of the film. Because mm-hmm. I, I do remember seeing it in theaters and remembering it not being very bloody at all. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's these two R-rated franchises. What happens when you combine them? It gets milder. <laughs> That's fucking right. I don't... Robocop uh, versus Terminator. G-rated. Oh, that sounds upsetting. I mean, if it was G-rated, I'd see it out of sheer curiosity. I'm sure it'd be fucking hilarious. I mean, it's like, if, if well... If it's uh, Robocop shooting at, like, robots and blowing up T-800s, I mean, that's, that's fine. You can G-rate that. Pretty much. As long as, you know, there's no blood... I'm sure you can get away with so it. Let's talk about this movie. Uh, I guess we can try to do our positives. Uh, um, they used a lot of practicals. They these were a lot oh, of yeah. monster suits. Um, they used CG for moments and used guys in suits for other times and used hydraulic suits for other times. This was a beautiful looking film in terms of the monsters themselves. Okay. Whenever people complain about CG being used for like aliens or anything, I always I honestly do point to this film as a great example of like, hey, look. Um, you know, a xenomorph grappling with someone, that should be a dude in a suit. A xenomorph freaking out on the ground, that can be a hydraulic. But if you're throwing an alien through the fucking air, there's no reason why it can't be CG. Or mm-hmm. the alien queen. They built a full alien queen. They didn't have they to. Did. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. did. But they still use a CG alien queen for punching out of the ice like she was goddamn a fucking dead-eyed or Superman or some shit. Uh, which was fine. Yeah. You know, you full body shot of the queen is, uh, hard to do with puppets and uh stuff like that so yeah and they, and they do they do the smart job of making the cg queen at nighttime in a snowstorm type setting so it hides up a lot looks of the great. Fact, fact that cg and it looks good it aged looks very well. well i will credit mm. where credit is due that's all the monster stuff looked great except for the predator's face was weak that to was me yeah um I was expecting the Predator and the uh, Survivor chick to kiss at the end. Positive. <laughs> they did not kiss. Negative. <laughs> uh, there's moments of the movie where, like, the fighting is happening and it makes sense. And there's moments mm. with the Predator that I think is cool. Like, uh, I, I know a lot of people complain about it, but uh, the Predator teaming up with the human... Let people complain about that, but that was something that was also established well in the comics of, like, yeah, it, it oh, this human murdered an alien... They're a hunter now. So here you go. Here's a sweet-ass shield that I just made. And him teaching her without speaking to her was done well. Like, mm-hmm. it, this this is what happens with the blood. This is a bomb. Stuff like that. That stuff I honestly did like. That was smarter yeah. than the rest of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Your finale is the, best, is the best part of your movie. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... <laughs> The the not the first fight because the first fight between an alien and a predator ended very badly for the predator very quickly, so I guess yeah. the second fight when the one predator wolf, uh no not wolf he's from Requiem, um uh you're the Celtic Celtic predator was fighting Grid, yeah which is the one that's like th- flinging into fucking pillars yeah that was and... fucking that was wonderful like that I was seeing that I'm just like yeah this is what we want this is fantastic although. As much as I prefer the Predator in a hand-v-hand hand like that, the alien would win because it's way fucking stronger in every single way. Yeah. Like, a Predator can lift a 300-pound man like it's nothing. A 
I don't know. They made they established that the Celtic one was like taller than the other ones. That thing was like a fucking beef machine. He's a beef machine, but like the xenomorphs are like just consistently established as like so fucking inhumanly strong. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I was just pointing out. No, that he's the he's the beefiest was one. Shown to be more stronger. He's the big bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the fight against the queen at the end was cool. Yeah, it was pretty solid. But that's it for me. That's yeah, my uh, Lance Hendrickson came back to do this film to get killed by a uh, predator. That's the only reason why he appeared in the film, right? Like that was it was yep. a demand. Yep, that that is exactly only reason he appeared because that way he could be be up there with Bill Paxton <laughs> as being the only two actors to be killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a predator. Mm-hmm. Which so they were the only. Two. It's funny. I, all the time I see on um, stuff people posting like about Bill, Bill Paxton being the one that's been killed by all of them. Like uh, Lance Hendrickson was killed by all of them. You fucking idiots. Yep. Don't act like some big hot... Like, I think it was, like, the Stan Winston School of Effects posting yeah, they on did Facebook that. about that. And it's like, how could you guys fuck this up? <laughs> You've worked on all these films! You fucking dummies. Uh, other positives. I thought the, uh... uh Santa La- Latham... Lathan? Sorry if I'm mispronouncing The actress who played, uh, the, uh, Alexa. I thought she was pretty good. I liked her a lot. Her character was good. She's like, you know, she was... I guess the quote unquote oh, strong independent woman, but she's like a smart character. She's like, hey, you guys are gonna be, you guys are being fucking idiots. You can't go down there. You can't do this. They climb without you know experience. And you know, she's pretty smart. Yeah, she was smart as enough. She's the only character I liked. Yeah, exactly. And it's oh, thank God as we jump into negatives here. I was like the only character that you're supposed I guess supposed to actually feel for. Everyone else is like here's two seconds, but they're gonna fucking die anyway. Oh, so they're matter. talking about their families. It doesn't matter. This film has so, it has so much cynicism towards its, its uh, the human cast. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like they're establishing characters. Like, oh, cool, neat. Like some people, some people just die and they make it seem like you're supposed to care about them. Like you gave me no reason to care about mm-hmm. them. Or like other people do stuff. It's like in the other films, yes, people died mm-hmm. and they're but they're given good characterization. You felt like you actually cared about them. So when something happened to them, it's like, oh man, that sucks. This film, it's like, oh, he's gonna die. He hope he died. He died. He died. Like, there's nothing that I've never felt like I cared about Sebastian or, or Graham or, or, or Maxwell or any of these characters, right? Because it's just like, well, you're gonna die. You clearly, this film has no interest in you at all. Mm-hmm. Like the other films, even you know, let's just put put aside like like say you maybe know what you're getting into. Those films. You don't they, they, their deaths come out of nowhere. It's like oh shit, fuck, oh yeah. wow. Like you think you feel like everyone like in Predator, you feel like everyone can make it. You feel like Bill Paxton's character. Yeah, you don't know or, who's uh, gonna die in Predator. Honestly, yeah, everyone everyone's like just going. It's like Jesus, like because like Best um, Mature just goes like out of out of nowhere. Like Bill Duke is like dies. Like Carl Weathers just gets like, everyone's going like oh geez, like you it puts you on the edge. You don't even know if Arnold's gonna make yeah. it. You can you know, they it could be a stalemate at the end. And this film is like. It does. It, it does nothing to really establish or help you really care about anybody, mm-hmm. and that that is a major turnoff for me in the film. Um, uh, so this this tunnel is like really deep. It's like apparently two thousand feet, according to them. Uh, as they're going down this tunnel on ropes. I know it's a nitpick, but it made me laugh really hard. They're putting lights like every two through three feet. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys brought a lot of lights. <laughs> this is 2000. 2000 I don't know if you caught on that. Because I, I thought that was really funny. As they're like shooting these spikes and putting these lights on. And they're lining up this entire tunnel. I'm like, wow. You guys brought a lot of lights with you. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, 
opening of the film and Alexis climbing up the side of a, a ice ice sheet thing. They do the whole like, oh, you should come with us. Well, it'll take me a while to get back. That's why we're here. How'd that helicopter land without her noticing it? At all. That's a sneaky helicopter. Boo helicopter. Shit. Shit, damn. Damn sneaky helicopters. Um, uh, okay, so the, the, the temple. I found it really strange and then very convenient that everything that happens to fuck everyone up really starts by stepping on one, like, trip, like, trip brick. Like, why, why? What do you mean? Well, like, when they walk into the temple, someone steps, like, a booby trap brick that, like, starts, like, closing the doors and doing everything. Oh, no, all the doors and shit started happening because they took the guns. Oh, they took guns. Uh, what did the, the brick did something? I Jesus don't remember. Christ, the, I, I believe you, but I don't remember the brick. Goddamn. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the brick did. I don't think the, the, the brick didn't awake the queen. Did it? That brick did something major, and I saw it when I was watching. I was like, <laughs> "Why did it do that?" That's how that's how memorable you... this movie is. I, I that's the biggest problem going into the day. I watched it a couple of days ago, and I'm sitting here. I wrote down notes, like, like some key points, but like little things. I'm just like, I guess I should have wrote more detailed notes because I man, it's fucking a blank. This movie's so fucking forgettable. And so they, yeah, they find the blasters. I, that's fine. Um. Oh, that's right. The my, one major complaint from this film, like we've established that when the face huggers get you and impregnate you, a that takes a long time, and then b the gestation period between when it impregnates you and when it comes out of you is, is a while as well. Yeah, it, like this in the film first film and all the films is like the face hugger holds on to you for twenty four hours, and yeah. then there's like a good solid four hours, or even more than that. I mean, we aren't sure because like they rip, were having rip. one last meal before they were going to hypersleep in the first film, you know. So like it wasn't. I don't think it was like a full day or anything, you know. Yeah, well, even in three, Ripley has that that that, that, that um, queens take longer one, or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, either way, it takes a while. This film's like ten minutes. Some people have said that that could make sense because they are specifically genetically engineered by the predators to come out faster. Uh, still dumb though. I. Okay, they don't say that in the film. They make no inter- like points or anything. Well, to, that. to be fair, so just... and this is me being a devil's advocate here. Because mm-hmm. I just said it's dumb, but like, yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, where would that come up? Like the the humans don't know how long it should fucking take. The predators aren't speaking fucking English. <laughs> it's fine, and yeah, if people want to say that, making make a reasoning for that, that's fine. But just I got to go off of just what we have established in this universe, mm-hmm. and it's like that's man, that's ridiculous. Uh, Colin so- Colin Salmon is in this film again, and he dies the exact same way he died in Resident Evil. Absolutely, gets cubed. Good job. Sorry, buddy. You, ex- you, you exist to be in the films to die. Uh, the whole temple felt really is weirdly elaborate. Mm-hmm. Like, I can sometimes forgive, like, weird temple, like, I don't know, anything, like, any ancient, like, trap-type buildings. But this te- thing's weird. Like, there's tons of floor bricks moving all over the place. Like, where's all the mechanisms for moving all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Everything seems really elaborate. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of bothering and It's me. really elaborate for what's supposed to just be three predators killing, essentially, three xenomorphs. Yep. Like, this is uh, a lot of stuff. You're just totally. begging for something to go wrong, Mr. Predators. Mm-hmm. And then, um, let's see. There's uh, oh, one, one, one oh. positive is I like uh, when the predators realize that the humans are taking the guns and they all look at each other like, did they, did they take the gun? Oh, fuck! Fuck! Go! Go! I like that part. Yeah. It was like a nice fucking like characterization of the predators. 
Yeah, they have to run and make it into the damn the temple. God damn, human sons of bitches! <laughs> um, there's some inconsistencies that, that bothered me. Like, there's um, I, like the cleanest alien kill I've ever seen. Like he fucking like one of them like takes the blade, slices off the front face of the alien. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. There's no acid or anything spraying out of there with that. Yeah, the the aliens are a perfect weapon because, like, any puncture at all causes the acid to spray out as a weapon. And, like, yeah, exactly. they do it with the tail, but when he cuts off the alien's head, nothing. Or it's, when she's stabbing like, the alien in the fucking gut with the spear. Yeah, like, there's that, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing there either. Um, the inconsistencies of their weapons, too. Like, the Predator's weapons sometimes melt when it's convenient for them to get killed by the Xenomorph. But other times, it's like, huzzah, huzzah, like, just slicing through fucking everything. Nothing's happening to their damn weapons at yeah. all. It's That was ridiculous. The Well, the one, the Predator, I understand why it happened. So, the one Predator kills the the Xenomorph and then takes out the mark itself. And I'm just like, oh. then But he also uh, kills the Facehugger, but then another one leaps on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's really convenient that that predator took his mask off. Very convenient. Very convenient, and he didn't. He wasn't able to kill that one. Uh. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Oh, all the writing. All. Yeah. All the writing that's all over the place. It's like, well, good thing someone wrote this all down. Mm-hmm. That way, we could have one character read it, and like the amount of stuff that he's narrating it's and reading insane. off. It's like. It's like this is very detailed. Very detailed. This is this is a bit silly. Uh, um. Oh, and how? Okay, so that's right. They they explain like how the heat signature is apparently a signal from the predators to lure lure uh, lure humans into this temple. Good thing they saw it. Yeah. Otherwise, this would have been a really weird. Like the predators get down there, it's like where are the humans? Oh man, they must not have got our card. <laughs> Oh, uh, their shit. economy's too shit. They can't justify a uh, winter expedition to look at a pyramid. Yeah, or it's like, it's like, did they get they get our invitation? No, must have got lost in the mail. Shit, man, we're already here. Fuck. Fuck. Damn well, let's go it. see if Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing anything. Because <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I remember talking to him when I was a little tiny toddler predator. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, um, this is dumb, but I actually liked the xenomorph being referred to as serpents. Oh, like, yeah, like, from the people, I have no idea what Yeah, it, was. it like, totally they, makes yeah. sense. I Like, that was a nice touch. Again, like, there's yeah. moments in the script where I'm just like, that's a smart idea. Yeah, them trying to make uh, make sense of things. Like, like thinking the facehuggers are like scorpions or yeah. something. Things like that. that that's fine, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I know this is, a, this is a nitpick, but this, this temple is very bright. It is very bright. There's never We never see any light sources, but everything's just very bright. Uh, well, They've got a lot of lights. <laughs> Clearly, uh, see, there's there's the course the classic outrunning and explosion. That was that's always kind of silly, but I guess whatever. Um, the queen gets dumped into the cold black depths of the sea. Let's hope it never breaks free from that. Yeah, she's just walking. <laughs> and then there's a now. This is more of a problem when we get into like, if we ever get around to watching Predator Requiem. But the, the 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 ship that the predators show up on to take the one away on is ginormous. Yes. But we're led to believe that this is the same ship that crashes in Requiem. No, and they super no... establish that. They super. It's dumb, but they do go out of their way to establish that. In the opening of Requiem, that big ass ship flies away, and then for some reason, a little pod ship blasts off from that ship and stays in orbit around the Earth. 
Oh, thank you. I, I yep. forgot that. But that, even that, that was... It, I agree. <laughs> but, okay, never mind. I will give credit to Requiem for trying to establish it so it wasn't a ginormous spaceship suddenly in space that wasn't there in the that was Yeah, that was those filmmakers saying, like, well, they need to crash land, but if we crash land this ship, there's going to be, like, 100 Predators. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because I was like, at the end of the film, it's like, there's a alien killing all these people. It's like, well, if it's on this ginormous spaceship, there's a lot more Predators. How are they having such trouble? What the fuck is going on here? Okay, so that, that, that's about my negatives. I went down my list here of stuff that really bothered me, and I think that the film is just poop. Yeah. It's not very good. And people, like, this is kind of a spoiler, I guess, if you ever talk about Requiem, who knows when we'll get to it. People talk shit on Requiem all the time. I don't know how they do that, because it's way better than this fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Like, it's, Requiem is like Freddy vs. Jason. It ain't perfect, but it's a fucking great ride. And it's way oh, more Jesus respectful Christ, than this movie was. Absolutely. So... Uh, did you have any other points you wanted to talk about before we kind of wrap this puppy up? Nah, fuck this movie. It's... it's... <laughs> fuck this movie. <laughs> it's not... Pretty it's much. not, like, dog shit, but it's not... It's bad. Like... It's just... It's boring. It's boring. It's, it's so long. Isn't it like 126 minutes or something like that? It's uh, 141. Oh, yeah, sorry. An hour 41. Okay, so yeah. Yes. It, it's not even that long by most standards, but it just feels long. There's a lot of just, like, wandering around. Like, you don't even see anything to like, the worst... Like, 30 minutes of the film, really. Because it's like, you have this fucking silent done opening, got this, like, whale village in Alaska, you got, like, credits that are silent. It was like, uh, the score of the film is, feels absent a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're just watching people wander on a cave, then you'll see, like, two seconds of uh, something happening with these eggs being produced, then you'll see people just wandering around a cave. Yep. Just a meh. Blah. Yeah, blah. Yucca pucka. But, so star ratings... It gets a two and a half. I also me. give it a two and a half. Again, it's not dog shit. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen by far, but it's not good. You know, if, if you've never seen not it, good. I don't know, maybe watch it once ever and never again. For completionist's sake, yeah, check give it, check it. Watch out. it so that you, then you can watch Requiem and be like, people hate this movie. Why? Yeah, exactly. It's too dark, but otherwise, this is fantastic. And it's well, I guess and it's weird end... that this predator. Um, skins that human when he's trying to keep this hush hush, but whatever. <laughs> that's that's my one complaint about Requiem. Like in terms of script, is that kill? Yeah. Like this badass predator wolf is coming to fucking Earth to like literally make it a hush job so nobody knows anything, and then he goes out of his way to hang a human upside down. Like well, you know, sometimes you're just too big of a fan. You got to have that one little nod, like oh yeah, the hanging thing, yeah. But. I mean, I guess in the end, we're, whoever won, we we lose. I guess we lost. We lost. They were right. <laughs> and if you want to tell us uh, your thoughts, like tell us, uh, you send us an email at moviefilmsbillacy.gmail.com. Let us know what franchises you think should fight each other. And then we'll, we'll get right on that. We'll talk about that. Like, Bill, hey, Bill versus just... Steve. Oh, man, I'd win. I'm not so sure about that, Bill. I'd give you the elbow. Oh, uh, I don't got a fucking counter to that shit. I'll, I'll throw you down the middle ring like my goddamn jacket, and I'll just like walk a rope, do the flare, walk to the strut to the ropes, bounce off, then come down on you. Fuck. Woo! I think you might be right, Bill. All right. If you guys let us know at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.gmail.com. And, and of course, you can find us on Facebook and on iTunes. Just look up Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Uh, it's Movie Films. You find both of, both of those things there. Like the Facebook page, subscribe on iTunes, never miss an episode. You don't want to lose out on this goodness. And, of course, you can find me on, on Twitter at Lovable Bill. 
And check out my films, SilverSpotlightFilms.com and Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. Of course, you can email me directly, DarkMullet at gmail.com, but nobody ever does. And you're going to be at Horror Realm. When are I'm the dates on that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, spring Horror Realm. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first weekend of March, but I forget like the specific dates. It's uh, called Google. Use it, you Neanderthals. Yeah, but I'm going to be there. I'm uh, going to be uh, screening the survivors there. I'm uh, going to have a booth there. I'll be signing autographs, taking pictures. And, of course, fucking uh, Kincaid's going to be there. What more do you want? Kincaid, Tuesday night, fucking Amanda Krueger, fucking Antale is going to be there. Uh, God damn it, Jesse! He's going to be there. <laughs> that sounds like a great time, guys. You God damn, cherry bombs! <laughs> Don't you dare miss it. And as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. No sequel for you. That's what Sam Raimi said.